Now is the time for America to chart its course to a green energy future. And we can't do it without clean hydrogen. But it's up to regulators in Washington to establish the right rules that advance clean hydrogen today. Clean hydrogen needs the full extent of the production tax credit to decarbonize heavy industry, create high-skilled jobs, and lead the global energy transition. Get the facts at cleanhydrogentoday.org. Paid for by the Fuel Cell and Hydrogen Energy Association. Are you ready? Let's make some noise. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Broad Street Line. I am Roy Burton. Alongside me, as always, my tag team partner and the number one pick in the WWE supplemental draft, one Chris <laughs> Domingo. Mr. Domingo, how are you doing as always, as we say during this pandemic, this air quote, Saturday morning, sir? I thought you were going to book the the Broad Street pillar versus pillar ooh, title match. Ooh, ooh, the two pillars. <laughs> yes, the two pillars of the show. Um, yes, going head to two. head. Yes, no, 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 no. I wanted to give you a little bit more credit, put you on the A show, or maybe, maybe, I don't know, you don't know which, whether it's the A show or the B show um, in the supplemental draft, but we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, we will talk about that WWE draft, but we will also talk about uh, the actual NFL draft that kind of took place last weekend, um, a, a major event on the NFL calendar, one of our favorite events of the year, plenty of new Philadelphia Eagles in the nest. We will break them all down for you, for those who are not familiar uh, with them, we will break down all the picks the Eagles made this past weekend and a trade they made as well, um, adding to their running back room um, with a big pickup from the Detroit Lions. And of course, we need to talk about the team that's actually in the playoffs as we speak. The Philadelphia 76ers, as of this recording, are tied 1-1 with uh, the Boston Celtics in their second round series. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, they will be up 2-1 after a win on Friday night after Joel Embiid gets his MVP trophy. The Wells Fargo Center, hopefully, again, they are winning the series as you hear this. But, again, even if they're not, um, fingers crossed they can grab one of these two games at home, game six, game four, excuse me, uh, this Sunday um, at 1 p.m. Eastern. Also, we have some other stuff to talk about as well in terms of wrestling, including what happens or what may happen this weekend at Backlash, later today at Backlash, uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. So plenty of stuff for your wrestling fans and your basketball fans. And, of course, the Eagles fans out there. So a very loaded edition of the Broad Street Line, ladies and gentlemen. So, as we always say at the time, sit back, relax, take a ride on the Broad Street Line. The future of Sports Talk Radio has finally arrived. Any shout-outs, sir? No, let's just say the usual thank yous to everyone who makes this happen. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to us and supporting us here wherever you support us or however you support us, whether it's by podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube music, a spreaker to do a search for the Broad Street line, download us to your phone, your iPad, your MP3 enabled device, or whether you listen to us every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia, or on the Philly Cam stream at phillycam.org. We're going to have a phillycam.org uh, slash WPPM fundraiser next month, so keep an eye on that. We're going to have some great programming here on 106.5 FM to celebrate, um, again, uh, yet another great year we've had here at the radio station and we're looking to raise funds to kind of keep us on the air so again like a lot of this stuff to run radio stations costs money so again we need your help in supporting this show and philly cam by staying on the air so keep it locked here over the next couple weeks we'll have more information on that front and as we spread that information please do us a solid follow us on the twitter machine chris is at skd215 i am at the bs line the draft is over 
We got the NBA playoffs. Um, the Premier League season is is reaching an end. There's a lot of stuff going on um, in the sports world. What are you tweeting about? This so wait, so wait, so it ends, and then what is the rest of the year? Is that Champions League? Is that like what? Like what does Chelsea do after the season's over? Well, Chelsea stinks, so they ain't doing anything. <laughs> but. Um, so, yeah, so the Premier League season always ends uh, Memorial Day weekend. It's always the Saturday. Memorial Day Saturday is always the last game of the season. Um, and it's a very tight race at the top, although it looks like Manchester City is going to um, – they might even be, you know, more than more than clear by the time that game happens. But anyhow, after the season, it's basically – basically it's the offseason. Um, so these guys – so that that's when – excuse me, that's when all these team guys go play for their national teams and kind of do their national oh, league thing. okay, national thing. okay, okay. Yeah. Because I really wish there was like this this schedule of events because soccer is all year round, right? It's Correct. just not like these guys just play in different leagues. Because I because I keep forgetting there are these tentacles off the Premier League, and like I don't know they play now. Champions League is different than Premier League. Do people is that after Premier League or is that no? It's in, the, it's, Premier... in the, it's in the middle of the season, so it kind of just there's okay. like random weeks in the middle of the season where there's, there's Champions League games. There's there's a different there's differently there's Champions League and there's Europa League, and basically those are like separate competitions that happen in the middle of the season. So again, a team like Chelsea could play, well, they do play typically in the the Premier League, which is the main league, and then there's a the Champions League, which is the best teams in all of Europe, and then there's like the FA Cup which is like the best teams in, in London. So there's like three or four different competitions that go on during the season all the time. So good teams like Chelsea and Manchester United and stuff like that, Real Madrid or whatever, they can wind up playing like, you know, 50, 55 games, you know, in, in the, over the course of nine months. So it's a long, grueling season. But again, after May, um, after the end of May, you know, guys go, it's the off season, guys go play with their their home team, you know, their home teams. They're playing like the CONCACAF Gold Cup and all the other kind of, kind of good stuff. Um, I think the Euro, maybe it's the women's Euro. There's a Euro competition. Maybe it's the men's um, this summer. So a lot of stuff going on. But anyhow, Chelsea stinks. So everybody's going to go to their team and half these guys are going to get, you know, transferred over to new teams because they stink. Um, so they'll be done. And I won't see half these guys again. And God bless because I don't want to see half these guys again. But that's what I'll be not tweeting about because they are they already got their loss in for the week. So I am no Chelsea for me this weekend. Um, what are you, what are you tweeting about this weekend? Oh man, I I love telling people the the things I I, I do on my weekend because you because people love hearing these thematic parties that I go to. I'm yes. going to a a Kentucky Derby party. Oh, Derby party! Yeah, Derby party yeah. today. Yes, like, that's a good, yeah, no, but that's today, not yeah. like that's not like a corny party. It's not like the usual like thematic parties that like would get dunked on by random people, right? Like no, that's no, no, no. something. Derby, under, Derby okay. Yeah, Derby parties. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people do it. There's a lot of Derby parties. I know a lot of people listening might be on their way to a Derby party as they're listening to the show. Um, no, Derby parties are great. I think like every casino does a Derby party now. All the racetracks do Derby parties. Like Derby parties are big time. Um, some people get really serious about this kind of thing, and they do the the fancy hats and the mint juleps and all that other stuff. Yeah, I don't know if that's the no, party you're no, going to. Yeah. Or... Oh yeah, no. Except I will be wearing an Outcast sweatshirt. <laughs> See, see, all right. Now, now I have a problem. If you're going to a derby party, no, come on. You got it. You got to dress up. Like you saw what Jack Harlow no. wore last year at, no. at, at Churchill or at Churchill Downs. You got to wear that, man. You got to wear it. No, I like no. Like I don't know. I'll I'll put on a hat. That's no, it. see, the, the the guys don't wear the hats. The ladies wear the fancy hats. You got to wear a suit, man. I, you're going to you a party what? party. That's, you got to wear a no, suit. No, no. 
No, okay. I'm 42 right. years old. The fact you're getting me out of my house back but... to back nights is is, is 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 an incredible feat in itself. So okay. I will be a great, joyful guest and and uh, have a good time. All right. Well, for those of you who are um, indulging in the derby parties this weekend, good luck to you guys, whoever's betting on the race. Um, I think horse race is horse racing on DraftKings. I assume it is. I'm not even sure. Um, but yeah, for those of you who are going or, or are betting on the race, again, congrats to you and enjoy your derby parties. Um, for those of you who who partake in, in this race, I haven't heard much about the derby, but again, this has been a very busy uh past couple of weeks with a lot of sports going on and of course the most important thing that's happened over the past couple of weeks at least to us here on the broad street line the national football league draft congratulations to the folks down in kansas city for throwing a tremendous party over three hundred thousand attendees for the three-day draft um i think it's the second biggest or third biggest attendance figure for, for the draft since they started moving it around um, i still can't i still can't believe nashville had double the amount we got this weekend in kansas city <laughs> KC had remember, like, right, yeah, remember right. when this was sorry when remember this was a a two-day event at radio city music hall correct yeah radio city music hall two-day event um had a much less glamour and glitz and and stuff about it it's now it's on multiple networks it's three days people travel from all over the, the country even all over the world to, to come to so, this someone event. called it football coachella and that might not be yeah. way off that that off there's concerts um there was a whole kelsey <laughs> the whole kelsey jam thing uh this past weekend with, with the, the kelsey the live pod and their little concert thing this is an amazing event and kudos to whoever had the idea to make this a traveling festival because it's it's again it's a cash cow for the nfl i believe next year chicago if I have this right, um, Nashville had 600,000 a few years ago, which is amazing. I don't think they're ever going to break. Is that there record. a better company entity that knows how to monetize events and product better than the NFL? It, no, no. The answer is no. Like the, like the NFL, here's the thing. And it, obviously it can never happen for multiple reasons. But if the NFL really wanted to do something like that stupid NBA midseason tournament, they could probably do it <laughs> the right way. And I'm not even I'm not even opposed to the NBA midseason tournament. They're just doing it a stupid way. The NFL would do it right, and it would make a ton of money off of it, and and make it quasi matter because they made the draft matter. And, and again, the draft really, by and large, is a crapshoot. But but they made it a, a one of the most important things on the NFL calendar. Um, so kudos to, to Roger Goodell. Hey, speaking of the, which, let me ask you a question because I meant to throw. Oh man, the yeah, no man, dude, there could be a a massive development after this season because apparently yes. this was Roger Goodell confirmed. That he has not signed an extension yet. Oh, oh, God, God, Goddell is not signed the extension. He will, but um, I'm not. No, really. but no, like, I don't <laughs> know. Like, is do you think that Roger Goodell is looked in favor by the owners? I think that's real. Like, I don't know how he can't. <laughs> yeah, but so if he if he if he if he was bad, he'd be gone. That's the thing, Roger Goodell, and he gets what like 35 million, 40 million, some stupid amount of money. Which again, he's worth every penny because he takes all the bullets for these guys. Yeah, no, because really, money. isn't that it? it? Isn't that really it? You basically take the bullets and you kind of deflect and make sure and hope and pray that the media machine kind of blows past your controver- con- controversy of the hour. Because really, like, there's always there has been something. I mean, there's a, there's probably a few dust ups every year. There's like Deshaun Watson. Like, I, I mean, like Deshaun Watson feels like that that. Like, I don't know. It was an afterthought. Like, I don't know. They kind of like it's and I think this is just that the culture, like just 
entertainment culture in general is like something as just egregious and foul as the Sean Watson thing. In six months, it's gone. It's gone off of a lot of people's like kind of memory. And I think the NFL has taken advantage of that to say, you know what, we're going to do whatever the hell we want. We're just going to say, you know what, like, I don't like, we're just going to, like, I don't know. And I think that like, they, have they had a, something that would have toppled another company down or, or have they kind of towed the line and said, you know what, we're, we're like, I don't know. I I hate using the C word, but like, has, have, have they engaged in anything that would have gotten someone else canceled? Um, I, I think the, they're in a unique position because they're the most popular sport in America. So I mean, I think by they far, can take, by like yeah, eightfold. <laughs> yeah, so they so they can they can take a lot more, or they can deal with a lot more easier than another another sport. So I would say like, if if some of the, some things that happen in the NFL happen in baseball or happen in hockey or something like that, then like yeah, those 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 leagues would be in a much different position than the NFL. But like because said, I really Sean, think Deshaun Watson, the Deshaun Watson thing, if that happened in hockey. Like I don't know. I don't know if they'd be able to to weather that storm. I don't think they'd be able to weather that storm. Well, no, they, I'll say this: they clearly wouldn't be able to weather that storm as well as the NFL did. And they wouldn't be, or I don't think any league would have been able to to, to weather the, the the Kaepernick, everything that surrounding Colin Kaepernick, as well as the NFL did. I don't think any other league would have been able to to survive the the Ray Rice stuff as well as the NFL yeah. did. Um, look, I mean, the NFL, like. Like we literally like again. I, I hate to keep you know. I hate to bring this up because again, it was a very traumatic and and scary moment. But we literally saw a man die on the field last year with Demar Hamlin, and he got you know he got amazing medical treatment. You know he he you know get you know was released from the hospital a couple of weeks later, and a couple of weeks after that, nobody was even talking about it. Like we just kind of went on about our business. and he's and he's in the process of coming back to play football. Yeah, and. And it's just like, hey, okay, well, it happened, and all right, let's keep rolling. Like, like, no, like, I never missed a beat. Never no, I always joke that like the NFL would need to go through something that happened in the last Boy Scout, where someone literally got shot on the field. Like that, mm-hmm. like it's it's to that point. And I think that, like you said, I mean, twelve million people watch on regular television a draft, and yeah. half of the guys weren't even there. Yeah, just just name calling. <laughs> No, it, it's yeah, exactly. Just, just you're really just reading names off a card, like you're reading names off of a card for umpteen hours over the course of three days, and, and you know tens of millions of people watch. I think it was like fifty. I think it was like fifty something million unique, fifty sixty million unique viewers over the course of three days. Yeah, no, the NFL is a juggernaut, and that's why. Like just to get back to your original point, if Roger Goodell wasn't good at deflecting or taking these bullets or keeping the heat off of the Jerry Jones and the Daniel Snyder's and the Jeff Lurie's and all other stuff like that. And he would be going by our already, but he's not. And they're making tons of money and they're going to make some more money this year. But I um, guess the question yeah. is, and I know that this sounds crazy. Do you think Adele keeps, keep wants to keep this job? Like, do you think like, this is a job where you just say, you know what? It is worth every ounce of bleep that I get on a daily basis. He gets paid a ton of money. <laughs> I don't think, like I really don't think there's a like he's when he's been through a lot of stuff already. Like if he didn't quit before, again, like you never know what's around the corner. Like any like something like again, you can have like some the Sean Watson times ten around the corner. Like you have no idea. But if he hasn't quit before and it's been like it's been really bad, really rough, I'm not sure what's next. I mean, I no, guess, I, I guess, really I feel that. The, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Oh, no, I really feel like, I don't know, he survived that Ray Rice thing. Because I remember, man, people were calling for that dude's head yeah. after the Ray Rice thing. I, I, like, I thought that was going to be the thing to get him out. And it wasn't. And maybe again, they have. There's a whole thing that's coming out uh, this week about the whole work workplace allegation stuff and and um, uh, gender discrimination, racial discrimination in the NFL league office. Maybe that's the thing that gets them out. But again, if Ray Rice didn't get him out, Helpful. I don't think that's going to be it. You know. So again, like I think I think Roger Goodell does this for as long as he wants to do this. Um, and again, does he want to do it for you know 20 more years? I don't know, but he's been through a lot of the bad stuff already. And this team, this league's making a ton of money. No, he's just going to wait. He's just going to hope when this workplace article comes out, he's going to be like, okay, how many more days till the schedule release? Because once the schedule release comes out, people will stop caring about that. And they'll just say, okay, all right. We No, I'm telling you, it's like, I don't know. They time these things perfectly where they're like, you know what? Like when there's no when there's no news, like when there's no events, that's when the NF because they know once an event rolls around, boom. Like I don't know that, and, and, and like that stuff that's money generated. Like I don't know, people like us will plan our trips. Like I don't know, it, it's I'm telling you, like I don't know who's behind all this. It's probably it's like it's a perfect storm of owners and Goodell where they just yeah. like I don't know. And like you said, it's the league entity that has such like. I don't know, like rope. They can kind of get away with not murder, but like close to and just be fine. Daniel Snyder robbed fellow owners. Like <laughs> he had like substandard facilities. He's just a terrible owner. Just you know, he had his own, like the, the the commanders had their own, you know, sexual assault cases and allegations and things like that. The NFL just kept rolling. NFL found a buyer for the commanders. It's going to be $6 billion, which is more money in the pockets for all these other owners. So again, like, but you know, Roy, what's more impressive is, but you know, what's more impressive. They actually, they actually forced them out. There was nothing for There was absolutely nothing. Daniel Snyder could have owned that till he was dead and no one. And, and like, but like, I don't know, there's enough pressure there. And like, I don't know, probably got enough, enough sweet talking to say, Oh, Oh, Daniel, poor baby. Here's six billion dollars. Exactly. Like, no, like, like that's where, like, I don't know, like, like the collective power of these owners is just, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's pretty omnipotent. Yeah, no, it, no, it matters. Again, like when you have, you know, these very powerful guys in the room, you know, using their leverage that that they have. Again, especially with a, a situation like Daniel Steiner, who's he's been on the hit list for years. Um, they were just looking for for the one thing to kind of you know, push him out. But again, he got a nice little parachute or is getting a nice little parachute on, on the way out. So again, I think it's a, it's a really, it's a win-win for everybody. Um, I did want to just get back to my, my original question because it was floated out there. I'm not sure who floated it out there and I, and I apologize. Mel Kuyper Jr. Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yes or no? Absolutely. What, what is your reasoning behind that? They put sport, they put sports writers in the Hall of Fame. What's, what's, diff, what's much different than Mel Kuyper who's kind of, I'll be honest, has had more of an impact than almost any other sports writer. Yeah, that wasn't my, that's, that's really my thing. It's like, there's a lot of sports writers in the Hall of Fame and Ray Dittinger is in there. Ray Ray Diddy is a legend. And I'll say it. I I mean, Mel Kuyper has had a significant amount more impact on the game of football and how it's presented than Ray. 
I, well, I'll say in kudo in defense of Ray, like you know, Ray, you know, did work for NFL Films for like a bunch of years. So he did he did produce like a lot of great stuff for NFL Films. So in defense of him, I will say that part. But that being said, you are correct <laughs> because when Mel Kiper Jr. started this stuff or was basically brought on by ESPN as their talking head for the NFL draft. Uh, 30 plus years ago whatever whatever it is now the nfl draft like you said it was like it was less than nothing before like they were just in they they had they had 30 dudes from or not, not even 30, like i don't know 30 like i don't know back then they just had dudes in some room with like with rotophones being yeah. like waiting like yo let's call up joe klecko like, right. no and, no and like i'm telling like because what am i and as much as I love Daniel Jeremiah and like I don't know the NFL, I feel almost obligated to just watch Mel because he's still like, and it's not like he's mailing it in still. Like he is still like I don't know, like just grinding and put out his mock dress and and from all accounts, seems like a pretty good dude. I mean, like all the and he's not against like mentoring these these young guys like the Jordan Reeds and the Matt Millers to say okay, like I don't know, like when I'm gone whenever the hell I'm going out, like, I, I don't think he has any intentions of leaving. No, I, I like, and some of my favorite moments of the draft is seeing the reels of like Mel Kuyper's hair and whatever. And whenever he was ripping the Colts and then exactly. that Tobin dude said, like, I don't know, Mel Kuyper never, never wore jock strap. No, I'm telling you, like, I don't think like, he, yes. yeah, like he, no, I, I mean, I'm not saying he's become bigger than the draft because no, but no. I'd say he's a significant reason why the draft is so big. Yeah. I, I think this is the most slam dunk thing for an NFL contributor ever. Like again, like the draft and like, and that's not to say that there wouldn't have been an, another Mel Kuyper type of guy who could have done this, but Mel Kuyper is one of the largest reasons why the draft, like you said, is the NFL's version of Coachella, like period point blank. <laughs> so, I mean, how many yeah. people are, should, are, are eating, Directly or indirectly, because of Mel Kuyper. How many how many economies now <laughs> across the country are making fifty million dollars a weekend because of Mel Kuyper? In, how, indirectly, no, how many how many sites are there because of draft? Like I mean, like there yeah. wasn't twenty twenty four mock drafts fifteen years ago. Right. No, no. There's there's tons of. I mean, you go to go to your little Walter football or whatever. Like I don't even know like, all the weirdo. <laughs> Tankathon would not exist yeah. without. No, I felt like and and like I don't know. Like there is. I, like I don't really think you can exaggerate the impact Mel Kuyper has had, and and one I don't, and I think his staying power is he's 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 right more than he's wrong, and I think it's not like it's this kind of like he's this hot take artist. Like no, he's like I, I mean he's gotten the Jimmy Clausens, uh, like I don't know, and like mm -hmm. he'll stand on the field for Will Levis, but he's gotten a ton right. And if if he were wrong a lot, I don't think he would last. But yeah. he, I, I mean, like I mean. You gotta like be pretty damn good at like predicting even fifteen picks in a first round. Yeah, no, no, Mel's good. You know, me, yeah, like you said, by and large, he's he's right. He like he's a good dude. You know, speaks well on camera. Like he has everything that, that comes with it with being that guy. And yeah, kudos to him. Like he should absolutely. I got again. This is, I don't think this is like an active thing or a live thing, but if someone you know needed to make a case for Mel Kiper Jr. to be in, inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I don't think that's a very difficult case to make. Speaking of Mel Kiper, the top-rated player on Mel Kiper's 2023 NFL Draft Board is now a Philadelphia Eagle. Welcome to Philadelphia, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, University of Georgia. How he saw a guy he wanted, made a move, slid up a pick from 10 to 9, Drafted after Jaylen a phone Carter. call, no, after a phone call from Jalen Carter, 
with a, pa- a passion. By the way, who would have thought that Drew Brosenhaus would be like this, like best buddy of like the Eagles front office after after T.O. Gate? You know, yeah, Drew, Drew's been in the game for a while. Like, I thought, yeah, I thought Drew would be out of the game, you know, by now. But no, Drew was still moving and shaking. He's as relevant as ever, man. Still getting the elite, dude. Like, no, yeah. and, and I feel that, like, I don't know. Like, and and I think a lot of Drew's clients are, like, a lot of Eagles players are Drew Rosenhaus clients. Like, I think Darius Slay might be one. No, and I feel that, like, I don't know. When it was said and done, I think before the draft, that was a little... I'm nervous. Like I don't know. Like anxious to see whether they would take a risk on Jalen Carter. But you know what? After watching and reading, this dude is the best player in the draft. He's period. And I don't. And I don't think there's a second. I don't think it's a close second. I, I know people are talking about Willie Anderson being good. I don't think he's. I don't think his ceiling is as close to Jalen. Jalen Carter's ceiling is DPOY. Yeah, we, we've talked before on the show about, you know, the Jalen Carter, you know, the, the drag racing incident, the, uh, you know, his situation, you know, his, in terms of his conditioning um, and his work ethic at times. But like you said, when you look at the tape and there are stretches on when you look at the video of Jalen Carter, he looks like one of the best interior defense linemen we've seen in 10, 15 years. Like he just looks that no, like No, a scout said that it's some of the best tape. Like when he said that, I was like, oh, man, it's got to be exaggerated. It's like this guy who said Sam Darnold's one of the best 49ers passers he's ever seen. No, I, I, when you see it, he is flat out destroying people yeah. every five plays. Yeah. And he's destroying people again at Georgia, you know, in the SEC. In the SEC again, top, top with high, talent. yeah, with high, in high, like, I don't know, profile, high intensity games. And I feel that, like, I don't know. I, I mean, give it kudos to the many man. To, to the many men, man, Howie Roseman, I feel like, I don't know, it took, it, it, but did, did it need for him to take Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson for him to be humble? We're like, I feel that, like, I don't know, I think he stopped overthinking things. And, and maybe just the, the lack of synergy with him and Peterson affected things, but I think even when they things were good between him and Peterson, it's like, he was always like thinking too hard. It's like, yo, let's not let's draft a bowl from I don't know Stanford <laughs> instead of no, let's just get. We'll the, talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get the dudes that have been in that that you don't need to teach much because when you when you go to Bama, when you go to Georgia, they're basically like they're running pro programs right there, and that takes a lot of the learning curve out of drafting a high. A high pick. Give me big time dudes from big time programs. Like yeah, like like, like, like let's not rethink the you know let's not you know reinvent the wheel and draft guys from TCU and McNeese State. No offense to McNeese State, but again like you know we're gonna get guys from the Alabamas and Georgias and, and Floridas, Oregon, and, like and, and Texas, and, and make it work. And again, they got Jalen Carter. And just to put a bow on the Jalen Carter thing, I think this is the perfect landing spot for Jalen Carter, given you know the fellow Bulldogs that were already here. And a couple of other Bulldogs got that got drafted this past weekend. One of which, Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter's teammate, 6'2", 238 pound edge rusher. I I said last week on the show, I was like, the Eagles, I, I'd be okay with the Eagles taking him at ten or sliding down to twelve and, and taking Nolan Smith there. There, he was still there on the board at the end of the first round at thirty. Um, Eagles got him four three nine forty, very good against the run. Um, you know, if he can kind of learn how to use his weight at the pro level, could be a very good player. Um, you know, has has measurables like Hassan Reddick. I'm not saying he's going to be Hassan Reddick, but four three nine forty. Again, he's he's good athleticism. So you got 
and the, another Georgia player to pair with Jalen Carter um, on that line or, or as pass rushers next year. Second round pick was Tyler Steen, the offensive lineman from Alabama, 6'6", 321. I think he probably projects as a guard on the next level. I think they might have announced him as a guard. I'm not sure. Um, but second team All-SEC. Again, get productive dudes from big-time play- big programs. Like, this is the way. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, no, no, unfortunately, like, it took Howie 20 years to figure out draft guys from out from Georgia or you know, Alabama. I, I mean, yeah. and like, I, I, and it's ironic that where did Jeff Stalin come from? Alabama. Just again, like, just, like you said, don't overthink the wheel. Just get a bunch of SEC guys. SEC is in the, in the, in the BCS title game like every year. Just get a bunch of SEC guys and, you know, like, let it make it work. Now he did. He and did. I think, Oh, sorry, Rory. And I think that, like, I don't know, people are they kind of, like, I don't know, saying, oh, why can't other teams do this? I feel like they could absolutely pick all these guys, but I feel that, like, you need a special dynamic in that locker because, man, these, like, you're getting, like, you're drafted alphas, like, if you go to Georgia and Alabama, and right. you're going to need some dudes in that locker room to, like, say, Rook, chill out, bro. No, and like Nolan Smith said, absolutely the perfect. Like, uh, like he's gonna absolutely be a fan favorite in Philly. Where I think like someone asked him, he's like, yeah, you kind of you resemble Hassan Reddick, and like I don't know his like lanky, like his frame. He's like, yo, you gonna call him up? He's like, nah, man, I, I like, like I haven't earned the right to call Hassan Reddick. Like I don't know, I have to learn from him. It's like it's like a senior being. It's like if a freshman said, I gotta call Nolan Smith up, and like that's really the love. And I feel like I don't know, like. A lot of the time you're getting like I don't know dudes that are that have been trained like because you can't get away with a lot of stuff at Batman, Georgia that you can get can because right. if you lose a game at Alabama the sky is falling. Yeah, if you're at Alabama and, and you know you, you you blow a coverage a couple times like they'll just get another five star recruit and just replace <laughs> you like there's nothing like they'll they'll just, they'll just like put you on the bench you'll be four string in a minute because there's a whole bunch of other parade all Americans right behind you. So, like, you got it. You have to be on your game. Like you said, it's a pro-level environment. Like, Alabama, Georgia, you know, the teams that are always in the BCS playoffs, those, those are pro-level environments. And the learning curve to the NFL is a lot shorter, a lot smaller for guys like, you know, the Tyler Steens and, and you know, the the Nolan Smiths and the Jalen Carters. So, and, and again, just to piggyback on your point, you got guys, at least with him, with a good mindset coming in, and you have guys at those positions who can act as mentors, who can act as 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 guys who can, you know, give positive reinforcement or advice for these guys. Like you have guys on both sides of the line, you know, the kid, the Kelsey's, Elaine Johnson's, the Fletcher Cox, the Brandon Graham's. You have guys these guys can lean on. Like I, I think that's a lot of thing. That's something that that you know teams you know miss out on, miss on sometimes when you can draft high level guys that you like all you want. But if you don't have guys to teach, teach them, like the you know the nuances of the NFL or the ins and outs or just how to be a pro, then, yes, you know, how to be a pro. Because I, because I feel that that's like sixty. I feel like, and especially like I don't know. Does so? Do you have enough faith in that kind of in the organization, however you slice it, players, coaches, whatever, to get the most out of Jalen Carter? Because I, I mean, a lot of it is going to be on. Because right now, like. I don't know if Jalen Carter could have landed in a better situation. No, like, sure. I don't know where he has, like, I don't know, like his boys, like brothers, like, I don't know. I think he kept mentioning these guys as brothers. And like, I don't know how you can, these guys are probably as close to their brothers as you can get. Mm-hmm. So like, do you think that sliding and, and like, I, I mean, there's, there's lost money. Like I don't he was, he was going to be a top two pick, top two, three pick. 
and he and like you've lost money does is the combination of all that plus like being in this environment get jalen carter back to being a beast because no like i, I because i saw that like i don't know like and it's not like i don't know like his comp is quinnon williams <laughs> so i mean like that like he, he, quinnon williams is a deep is, is a top two top five defensive lineman in the nfl so the sky is there and i just think that like i don't know and one the eagles is a great landing spot for these dudes because the world isn't expected of them from day one because a yeah. lot of these because i'm not sure if with everything that jalen carter has been through say you go to the bears and they just suck and you're just like i don't know got the weight of the world on your shoulders be like yo man i gotta prove this wrong i gotta prove the haters wrong. like here you don't need to prove the haters wrong from day one yeah like if if if, if um if he went to the Bears, they'd be like, yo, you need to be an elite defensive run stopper, you know, from day one. And you probably need to get five or six sacks and probably need to get like four <laughs> tackles or whatever like that. Same with Nolan Smith. It's like Nolan Smith, if he went to a bad team, he's like, all right, you know, double digit sacks first year. Like that's not realistic by any means for either one of these guys. And they can kind of ease into this. And, and again, just to follow up on your point, if Jalen Carter is, isn't really good here, if he doesn't hit or get closest potential here, he wouldn't have gotten that. It would have gotten to that level anywhere else. This is the best situation for this man. Like you said, like you got his brothers who hold him accountable. He's got you know older dudes who hold him accountable. He's got a whole team that just is fresh off of a Super Bowl appearance who are holding him accountable. Like you can't walk in the locker room. You know, again, if you're a professional, you walk into a locker room, you know, with the Jason Kelsey, with the Jalen Hurts, with the you know Brandon Graham, and and see the way that these guys approach the game, and not want to give your all. You know, 365 days a year. So. No, Man, this is the perfect spot for these guys, especially him. No, but I guess what is a, and I'm trying to think, can you quantify a success? Like what is a decent expectation for Jalen Carter? Cause really, uh, I'll be honest. I don't think they get much from Nolan Smith in his first year. I think I he's so. like, yeah, I, don't I, agree. Very, I agree. I don't think so. I, I think he'll be a very spot situational guy. Cause one, the line's too deep. I, I mean, like, where is he going to get like, People forget, like, I don't know, you still got dudes like Milton Williams that have been here. Like, I don't know, like, somehow Derek Barnett's still on a team. <laughs> like, I, and, like, you're, like, these dudes know that, like, if they slap, they're losing snaps to these rookies. And they don't want to lose because snaps is money. And, like, I don't know, you got established guys like Sweat and Reddick. I'm still trying to, and, but you know what? I like when your team doesn't need to rely on a first round pick. I think they like, I think they need more from Jordan Davis. That's for damn sure. But like, I don't know, but I feel that's the, that's a reasonable kind of, I don't know, uh, evolute, like kind of, I, I don't know, lineage, like your events is don't, don't have to do much in your rookie year. And like Jordan Davis actually had a decent start to the, to his rookie year. Then he got hurt and then kind of things went side like, I don't think it went bad. It's just he just was not impactful. But I think the same is going to be for like I don't know for for the guys that got you. You're gonna you're gonna need more from the Kobe D this year. But is mm-hmm. I feel that this is your sophomore year. You need to make more right. of an impact in your sophomore year. Right. I, I think I, I to be honest, and just to go back to your Nolan Smith point, I think the guy they drafted in the third round, Sidney Brown, is probably gonna have more of an impact on his team than absolutely than, than Nolan Smith will have this year. Sidney Brown. Was a safety to draft from Illinois, 5'11, 211 pounds, six INT, seven pass breakups last year at, at Illinois. He was a uh, second team All American um, per USA Today. And our, our good friend um, Emery Hunt, F Ball Game Plan on Twitter, 
um, and you can follow him on CBS Sports as well. He's that was his number one strong safety on on his big board. Yeah, I think Sidney Brown's going to make a push for for a starting safety spot, and I think you'll see a lot more. He will he will make a lot more splash plays this year, I believe, than Nolan Smith. Um, so what, what you're really saying is he'll be better than Kevin Kevin uh, Wallace because yeah. I feel that like I don't know whenever there's a safety and he was drafted in the not undrafted like Reed said, Oh, next Dawkins. Like I know. Let's come. Can he just be that. the next? Yeah. Um, next. Uh, who was the last? Can Can he just be a better Mike Apps or sorry Marcus Apps? <laughs> be a better Rodney McLeod. You know. Or no, no. You know what? Be Rodney McLeod. <laughs> How okay. about that? Be Be Rodney McLeod. Like that's fine. Like it's fine. Uh, <laughs> can oh, we just God. stop? On no. Let's be Doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have to go to the highest level of, of the play in the in the position. Like it's like it's fam. It's like it's 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 fine. Like it's you know. But don't be Anthony Harris, okay? Yeah, yeah. You know, be better than Jr. Reed. You know, yeah. Alaska, Alaska. <laughs> like I'm telling you, like I don't know if there's a more cursed position of being drafted because you're because if you just don't look like booty, oh Doc. Like I don't know. Like you don't even look like Doc. Who's, who's he's not even built like Dawkins either. He's not, he's a very undersized like he's an undersized player, but he plays physical. He's who, like the um that that guy. Uh, I don't want to botch his name, but I will. The uh the the kid who got drafted by the Niners last year, uh, Tufanga, I think his name is. Like they said, he he was reminiscent of him, like a very undersized guy, but plays, but is a hitter. I was thinking, is it was it Damon Moore, the guy who was the the, the safety who got who had the, got popped with dog fighting? Who went to the Bears? <laughs> Whatever. Like, I think it was Damon Moore. Like just like just to be better than Damon Moore. All right. Like that's all I'm asking. Like I'm, you know, like no, yeah, but I want... do agree that I feel that like I, I will say I'll, I'll put fifty verses. That's a hitman reference. Fifty verses that he there. will be starting by week nine. Oh, I like that. You know, I, I like that. I like that. I like that. I think it's. I think that's probably going to be. Yeah, yeah, Damon Moore. Um, yeah, like I, I think that's probably. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue that um another guy who i think might make a decent impact this year keely ringo the fourth round pick the cornerback from from georgia again he's very physical 62 207 43640 um apparently he his his measurables are better than his play but he's a physical guy um has a speed and, and size to match up with with the bigger wide receivers he's an outside backer so he's not going to slide inside but again he's good seems like he'll be a good um uh, you know maybe six linebacker a six excuse me uh nickel uh, excuse me dime i'll get it right cornerback for the eagles um, I think he's going to have a decent impact as well. Like I think he might be might fight for one of those backup cornerback spots this year. Now you mentioned you didn't mention Stanford, and the Eagles didn't did draft a Stanford guy this year. Tanner McKee, the quarterback from Stanford, six six two thirty one. I don't expect much out of this dude. I don't think he's that good. Um, he can throw some dimes. <laughs> Very unathletic, based on the thirty seconds of tape I saw after they drafted him. So it is my official opinion that he is not good. Um, and the seventh round pick, Moro Ojoma, the defensive tackle from Texas, 6'3, 292. Um, can probably play inside and outside, depending on on the uh on the on the scheme. Had three sacks and 32 tackles for Texas next year. But again, get a productive guy from the SEC and see if you can make it work. So yeah, six sixth round and seventh round guys, you know, if one of those guys is a functional NFL player, so be it. But I think the Eagles did well. You think the Eagles did well. Rayfield did injure himself. Gave the Eagles an A plus for the draft. <laughs> no, no. Apparently, I I think it was, oh no, because I, I, I remember I, I wrote this down in my notes app. Uh, 
Football Outsider said the Eagles were the doogie, or like, I'll say this. No, they didn't say this, but they broke the GPA formula for draft grades. Mm. They, they they were the Doogie Hauser of tra- – Howie Roseman is Doogie Hauser MD. So they went straight, break the Dave Meltzer five-star rating yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. Seven-star yeah. FTR. Six-star six, six Howie, I'm going to call him going <laughs> forward. No, no, like, no, I feel that, like, I don't know. Like, you got to, like, and it's not like <laughs> – I don't know. Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, the there's aren't any flaws in this method. I, I mean, at some point, you're going to whiff on one of these your, these SEC, this big, sure. these big-time SEC guys because it's just the law of averages. But I really feel that, like, if you you just – I'll frankly say it. If you just hit on, on Jalen Carter and get mid from the rest, it's a, it's a win because that's – because I feel now with your quarterback just on this mega extension and somehow – doesn't cost a lot of kids to cap, but I can't figure that out. You need those bl- those elite blue chip players, and like I don't know, like like the way the Chiefs do it. Like I I can't name any a lot, a lot of guys past or elite guys like the past to Chris Jones is in the Cal. But you know what? You, that's how you fill out. That's how you win. That's how you sustain success with the big price quarterback. Is you just get blue chip dudes and. Kaelin Carter is – he is so – he he has the possibility to be real special. Like, and this isn't – like, I like I feel this is almost a consensus by, like, the smart draft people. No, he, he can be special. And, again, some of these other guys can be really good. Give me give me one pro bowler, give me another starter, and then give me a couple of functional guys out of this class, and I'm okay. And I, and I think that kind of lines up the way, you know, like, like you know, you know, Jalen Carter can obviously be that pro bowl guy. But, I mean, like – Give me like if Nolan Smith's a regular starter, if Tyler Steen and Cindy Brown are functional dudes, then again, I think this draft this draft is a win. You know, I don't want to put a grade on the draft because again, grading grading drafts. Is how stupid, many? How but. many? How many functional starters should you get out of this draft? Out of this, that's what I think you get four. You get, I think okay. if you get four, you get four. I think that's a win. Um, but again, it's also it not like the Eagles aren't like, and that's I think what people thought was when when they went to the Super Bowl. Oh, they mortgaged the future. No, they didn't. This isn't the Rams. Like they have eleven picks next year. Like I, I feel that. Like I don't know. That's that's where I think Howie is kind of got this edge against all the other GMs. Is like they play the compensation game. Where like I don't know. They didn't sign Chauncey Gardner Johnson. You know what? You got a compensation pick for it. Eagles have a first their first round pick, two second rounders, a third rounder, four fifth rounders, and two six rounders in next year's draft. So yeah, so they they're fine. Like they'll they'll be all right um in, in next year's draft and speaking of future compensation they did trade a future pick a 2025 fourth round pick and swap seventh rounders this year for an addition to the running back room welcome back to philadelphia deandre swift pride of st joe's prep 400 and i was gonna be 542 yards and five touchdowns last year for the lions five and a half yards of carry he has missed nine games in three seasons he's been nicked up with various injuries but he does have 110 catches over the past two seasons He's clearly going to be your third down back, you know, your, your guy out of the backfield to catch stuff. And him if and Rashad Penny, I think, are a good one-two punch. No, like, who's one and who's two? No, like, Rashad Penny, you want me to flip, flip a coin? It doesn't matter to me. No, no. Good. Like, so is are, are, so is this just a a a competition? Like, no, but isn't this? I know. I think someone said it. Like, this is how you build a running back room in the salary cap era. Period. Like, I don't know, like, you get, like, I don't know, like, 
because there's always going to be a DeAndre Swift where, like, I don't know, a guy who some some dumb team drafted him high, <laughs> and they're like, you know what? I don't I don't know for that he's that good. Let's sign David Montgomery. Let's draft Jameer Gibbs. And like, I don't know, like, I don't like. That's what Howie I think has done better than most is he's taken advantage of 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 unfortunate like uh, like unwanted situations where he's just like you know what hey man what's up I don't think you want the Andre Swift here's a six round pick no I, like but I feel that's gonna be the way that they do this and remember people just used a lot of syllables and a lot of energy saying that they're they're gonna draft Bijan Robinson and you know what they did. Um, two two points on that, and one is one you mentioned to me. I don't think it was online on Twitter, but you mentioned to me you're talking about the cap hit for all these guys. DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott combined six million dollar cap hit, <laughs> which is less than the cap hit for Miles Sanders um, in Carolina this year. You got a whole running back. Remember, remember. Uh, can we rewind old episodes where you're just like two and fifteen? What what if we get Miles to two of two and fifteen? I told you three and 20 could have got it done. And that's almost <laughs> what he got. Like that would have got it done. Um, but this is well, a better way you... of getting it done. Yes. This is a better way of getting it done. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Like, I, but I feel that like, I don't know, like you needed someone who could catch the ball. You needed, like, I don't right. know. That was a, that was something that's been missing from this offense. Somehow they still have the top five offense. They have not had the threat of guys being able to catch the ball. And I don't know. I I joke about this the Miles vision thing. The big the, the bigger issue I had with him, he just didn't catch. Like somehow he forgot how to catch the ball because he came yeah. out of Penn State being able to catch, and somehow he just forgot. Yeah, he just was not good. But no, you have one actually capable guy, and again, whether you can get that more out of Kenneth Gainwell this year, you have you know at least one and a half capable guys in that room to catch the ball. And again, for six million dollars, it's a really good uh, running back room for that money. And all that being said. Eagles still have $13.5 million of cap space, or will, once all the picks are signed. They've already signed a couple of guys. Uh, Jalen Carter already has has his deal signed. Four years, $21 million, fully guaranteed. I think Tanner McKee signed. I'm not sure who the other guy is. But they have cap space. They have money to sign to do things if they want to do some other things, whether they want to bolster the safeties and, and, and LBs. But, again, a very busy, very productive week for Howie Roseman. Just to go around the league real quick, uh, again, Bryce Young, number one overall to Carolina. Houston got C.J. Stroud and traded up for Will Anderson at two and three. Anthony Richardson, Indiana. Will Levis and his bad toe uh, went to Tennessee in round two. And bad attitude. And, and, and bad attitude. Allegedly bad attitude. Allegedly <laughs> bad attitude. Uh, B. John Robinson, the the a prize in a lot of people's eyes, went to Atlanta at eight. So got that out of the way before he was, you know. By the way, game. kudos to the – no, I, I'm trying to think. Should I say kudos to the Falcons? Because they really are just saying, you know what – Let's just surround Desmond Ritter, uh, second rounder. I, I think he might have a second round pick. I think he's let's round. just let's just give him all the weapons and let him just see if no. I, I feel that's what a lot of teams are going to try. I mean, most of them will fail because, like, that's the thing. I know, and they'll see the Jalen Hurts thing. It's like a, it's a copycat league where they'll yeah. say, you know what? Let's see if we can make something happen with a quarterback. Because how often do you get a quarterback making what two million dollars a year? Right. Yeah. No, like, again, if you can, like, that's how you can build your team. I mean, if you can get your quarterback on that very team friendly, you know, rookie deal, which is making nothing, you know, you can build your team really well by surrounding it with superstars. I mean, look, you're running back. You're not paying your running back much. You ain't paying your wide receiver much. 
And I was like, you're like, you're not paying. Well, I'm not, well, I don't know if they're having much to pay Kyle Pitts, probably a little bit more than much, but I mean, like, that's a pretty decent, you know, they're still on, they're still on rookie deals. They're still on rookie deals. So I mean, you ain't paying them a lot of money. Like you ain't paying them $5 million. Like all these guys are making $5 million and less. Um, and you got a pretty decent offense, at least on Madden. Um, so so like, <laughs> like, like that's not a bad way to build a team. Now, whether or not they'll be good next year, probably not, but you know, it remains to be seen. Um, Detroit, Jameer Gibbs, Brian Branch, and Hendon Hooker all, all went to Detroit. Uh, let me just say this about Detroit real quick, and we'll get off it. I think the only problem with Detroit is they just drafted all these guys like 15 spots too high. Like, I think these are good dudes. Like, if, you told, me, a- if you told me the Eagles had got these three guys in the draft, I'd be like, all right, like, that's not a bad draft. Like, but if you told me where they got them, I'm like, all right, this kind of stinks. No, and like, I'm not a contrarian because I actually agree with you because I think they just stupidly, like, is that a big deal? Like, I don't know when it like say you were like, is that an issue with because I think someone said, who's the play? Is that the scouts? Is that oh, GM? I think like, it's a GM. I think it's okay. a GM because because part of part of being a GM is knowing what other teams are having an idea of what other teams are going to do. And if you know that a guy's going to be on the board 10 picks later and you can slide down and get more draft capital or 20, that's on you. Or 20, that's, or 20, or 20, or 20 and Jameer gives <laughs> Yeah, 20. Then like, that's on you just to make that happen. Like, so I think that's a GM thing. Like, like scout can tell you, yo, this dude has a first round grade, but it's like, you can put a grade on him all you want, but if he's going to be there to 30, why would I take him at 12? Like, yeah, so. I, I, as much, as much as I want to believe in the lions, I feel that there's just that lion's, Stitch yeah, on them. No, no, like, because wouldn't this have been the year you had all these picks? You should, like, I, not say Jameer Gibbs, but you already have David Montgomery. <laughs> right. Do you like, need, you just did, you really, yeah, did you really need to draft Jameer Gibbs? No, nah, nah. like, you, like, you just, you just signed, you just signed the man. And it's like, all right, like, if you want to move on from Jamal Williams, like, that's fine. Right? But you just signed this dude. <laughs> you really didn't need to draft Jameer Gibbs that high. If you really want like, if you wanted another running back, you could have got another guy later and just, like, let's roll with, I don't know, whatever. No, it's no, I think, no, no, I think, Lewis, this shows you the the power of Mel Kuyper Jr. Like, because I think Mel might have been the very first dude to just say, you know what, we ain't drafted running backs in the first round. We ain't. And I think Lewis Riddick, who's a career football guy, like, literally played football, was GM or player personnel guy on if for NFL teams, he's like, you know what, Mel, you converted me. <laughs> we're not drafting guys in the first round, and we're not drafting guys high because he said the history of it. You look at the the draft, the league is littered with all these like guys that were drafted in the second and third round that are impactful. That are fantastic players. Like if you look at the starting running backs, I don't even have to do it. If you look at the starting running backs in the NFL right now, I promise you, half of those dudes, if not more. Are day two picks or undrafted free agent? Well, I'm probably not undrafted free agent, but they're day two picks. I no, mean, like, like the he, Dalvin, the Dalvin Cooks. You know, like, yeah. you know I, I can tell you, Dalvin Cook was a second round pick. Miles Sanders, but like, yeah. what was I think Derrick Henry might? No, I think was or Derrick no, Henry no, was a no, no, no. I think Derrick Henry was a low first round. Oh yeah, no, I'm trying to think who else. Austin. Oh, I don't even know what round Austin was. Austin he even was drafted? Three. Maybe I'll look it up, but again, you know, we talk about Pacheco. He's a seventh round pick. I mean, like, they're like a lot of these dudes are like day two, day three picks, man. Like, you don't need but, to spend and, 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 and look at the first round guy. Look at Clyde Edwards Elaire. Like, I yeah. don't know. Like, he's he didn't even get his option picked up. Yeah, Clyde Edwards Elaire is going to be part of the Eagles battle royal next year. I already predicted, I'm already <laughs> predicting this right. He's going to be that random running back who gets picked up and he's going to have to fight for whoever wins the battle this year. Um, so I mean, like, it, like you can find these dudes. Like, it's okay. Like, it's not impossible to find these guys. You know, later to be, you know, to be competent running backs. 
um austin eckler where's his draft information i can't find it. i'll find it but yeah so you can you can find dudes um, i did want to mention before we moved on from this um that next week the nfl schedules release may 11th oh baby oh baby Gra- yeah grading drafts is stupid however next week <laughs> we're gonna do it man we might do all it all right if not all next right, week, maybe no. week after, we're gonna do it. You know, you know what time it is. W's and L's, ladies and gentlemen. No, the two two important ever. things. We gotta do the the W's and L's, and more importantly, what dates do we have to root against for you to go on the Kansas City trip? Because I think you're you have a very important date circled yes. during the football season that you that 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 is gonna be a no bueno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got prop. Well, I, I did, I did look it up though, cause see, cause see, my anniversary kind of falls in the, in, in the middle of the season, but I think it's like it falls on like a Wednesday, so I can go on a trip and then be back before <laughs> before this happens. So like as long no, as it's not like a weird just remember, calendar, just remember how old you are and the fact you really don't like going out much anymore. So like true. like this going on a anniversary trip then a football trip might be over uh, overextending yourself. I'm just saying. No, 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 but, no but see I but I've scheduled my anniversary trip for later in the year. I see I, I Oh okay. This, I thought, okay. I thought this I already <laughs> thought this through. I already thought this through. That's already on the schedule. It's already on the books. So Wait, wait I, so wait so the schedule comes out next week? Yeah. Next yeah, next Thursday May 11th the schedule comes out. They've been pretty good without with the leaks this year because I haven't heard much of anything. By was the way, a rumor. somehow, somehow, five million people are going to watch. Not even get name, name, name to me out. Games announced. Games that you already know that are going to happen. <laughs> we know who's we know who's playing who and where they're playing. We know all of that except for <laughs> with, with the exception of the the uh, the overseas games because we don't know who is specifically playing overseas but we know all we know all 17 opponents for the Eagles this year we know where these games are going to be played by and large we just need to know, remember need no they before I think at some point they never did these specials like the schedule release special and yeah. it's not like it's like a half hour it's like two hours no well last year they remember last year they and they might do it this year they were they did the whole week-long thing it's like all right well here are the here are the international games <laughs> and here's the first couple monday night games and here's the thursday night schedule so yes yeah, so we're gonna get bits and pieces i imagine next year there was a rumor is a rumor that the eagles would be the first black friday game the amazon black friday game this year against the giants i don't know how much stock i put into that as of yet because i haven't heard that anywhere else but that could be a possibility. You could be having an Eagles game on a Friday this year, um, Thanksgiving Friday, um, but we'll see what happens. We only have five minutes left, so we do need to talk about the local basketball team. Kudos to Houston Harden, fresh off the plane from the Flamingo in Las Vegas. Gave you 45 in a game. You needed all 45 of those points in game one against the Boston Celtics um, earlier this week, but Joel Embiid came back game two. After he won his MVP trophy and the Sixers, you know, clearly were still in that room celebrating that trophy because the Sixers got smoked by the Celtics, lost by 34 in game two in Boston. But if I had told you before this, the series, Sixers are going to split in Boston, come back, game three, Joel Embiid will play, ready to go. You would take that every day of the week, right? Absolutely. No, I, no you know me. I'm, I, I'm a one percentile Sixers pessimist at this point. I feel... I wouldn't say optimistic. I'd say I feel like, I don't know, like sl- slightly optimistic that they could pull this off. I mean, they're, they're the, they're the lesser team period. Like, I don't know, regardless of what, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like lack of killer instinct. I think the sales Celtics have, I'm not really sure if the coaches any could, they do have like a, arguably the best duo 
perimeter duo in the NBA. They're deep as heck. They got multiple shot, not even multiple. They got like five shot creators. They got a really good big, and then they got Al Horford. And maybe that's enough in this watered down East because I, I mean, you could get a team that makes it to the five. Like you're gonna, I think you're gonna get a team from at least one conference that didn't even have fifty wins. No, yeah, I think you're absolutely going to get a, a non fifty win. Well, maybe because again, like you, you, saw, you might get two. Yeah, but so you might get two. I mean, like like the Lakers, the Lakers and the Warriors really might come out of the West, given that they're probably going to play the the, the Nuggets in round two because the Suns are pretty much done. They're already down two zero in their series. Um, I mean, the Heat and the Knicks. I don't think either one of them beat beat the Sixers or or the Celtics. But again, you could get one of them too because again, the Heat he playing very good basketball with Jimmy Butler's in the, in the lineup. Yeah, it's a really this is this is the year. Like we've said it before. This is if the Sixers are going to do something, this is the year. And like I told you before, we got on the air. I haven't seen anything from the Celtics that scares me. I mean, like you said, like they have better shot creators. You know, they have, you know, a couple, you know, they have competent bigs. They have guys who can just, you know, if you need a bucket with a minute to go, they'll get you buckets. They got a couple of those guys. I, but they don't really scare me. They don't, they didn't play with a sense of urgency that I thought they would in the last couple of games nope. at home. Um, and so, yeah, so these two games here in Philadelphia, the one last No, game, game three game is four. the series. Game three is the series. Game three was the series. Was the series. Was sorry. It was the series. If they don't win game three, the series is over. I don't, like, no. It's that, it is that important. Uh, like, your franchise players getting the MVP, that crowd that, we're, that we were at yes. <laughs> is going to be yes. jacked. Crowd, no, I feel like, I don't know, like, yeah. no, like, this is, like, you can't, like, I, I think a lot of people said you can't, lose that Harden, the Houston Harden game, you sure cannot lose the MVP NB game. You cannot. If I tell you they, they split, if they lose game three, win game four, are you okay with that or no? No. Well, no, because I think I think if they lose game three, they will get it. There will be a gentleman sweep. It will be over. Really? You think like you think that that's it? Like you think they just lose game? No, like, that's, no, like that's a soul-crushing loss. Like, I, I mean, like you're like, I, I feel like, I don't know, you, like all the momentum that you got, you're not going to get back period if if you lose game three yeah we're gonna learn a lot this this weekend about about this team because again game one you know joel Embiid, you got a superhuman performance from from james Harden. uh game two again the joel Embiid came back he obviously wasn't 100 even though he had was amazing at rim protection but again you got a terrible game from jason tatum like one for seven seven points so you didn't yeah. see the real jason tatum like you really haven't seen either one of these teams like play you know you know, In a, like, a, a, no, a B, like not even a B plus game. Like, yeah. no, and like, I don't know, as someone that picked up the NBA late this year, it's late. Like I, I picked it up in April. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know. This Sixers team feels different. Like, I don't know. There's a, there's a little more mental toughness. I think Maxi, another year of Maxi being, I, I mean, he's a borderline elite finisher. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he really should be your number one, like closer, but it's not time yet. But you still have too many dudes that aren't playoff guys. And those yeah. guys get exposed in the very minimal amount of time that they play. The Vinny Yangs, I don't know why you even brought that McDaniels kid. He stinks. He's not good. He's, very, he's very situational. Very situational. No, yeah. and, like, it comes back to, Roy, they don't have enough dudes that can handle the ball. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know why it is so hard to, to imagine having multiple, like, it's rare that they have multiple guys who can, like, other than the starting lineup, that have multiple capable ball, ball handers on the floor. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like when Harden's out, like, you know, you almost have to have Maxi in because Maxi is like basically like you're the second best guy, you know, with the ball in his hands, um, I, which is why I wouldn't be opposed to, like, at this point, like, giving Shake Milton some run because Niang's giving you nothing. 
and McDaniel's giving you like next to nothing. Give me a kick, give me a competent ball handler who can get get you some buckets and play a little bit of defense um, with, at this point. With Joel's injury, do you give any thought of not running your usual offense, like running it through the guards? I, or I thought or- about that. And and I think they talked about that earlier this week on Get Up. I think you got to run it through. You got to dance with the one who brought you here. Like if Joel's healthy enough to play, then I think he's healthy enough to run your offense through Joel. Yeah. And again, like you just run it through Joel. You know, hope Harden gives you the twenty. You know, twenty five and eleven that he gave you this year. Hope, hopefully, Tyrese Maxey gives you the twenty and shoots. You know, again, it's the best shooting three point team in in a league. So again, give these. You know, run it through Joel. Kick it out to these dudes. Hopefully they make the shots like they made during the regular season and, and we'll go from there. But next time we are on with you guys, so we will have better news, hopefully, when it comes to the Sixers. Maybe the series will be over. We'll, we'll find out again next week here on 106.5 FM, WPPM, LP, Philadelphia. But until then, we are out of here. Mr. Domingo, take us out, please. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you guys. Hey y'all, it's Garth, the Big 615. You're going to hear the newest that country music has to offer. At the same time, you're going to hear the newest that the country classics have to offer. I want to hear the new single from George Strait, and I want to hear it right beside the new single from Luke Combs. That's the thing we call the Big 615. Download the free TuneIn app from the App Store. That's TuneIn, or ask your device to play the Big 615 on TuneIn.